Yeah, okay. So now you've come out of, you know, the into the private world and you're doing, you're starting this journey in private practice. Um, how do you decide to pick? You mentioned, you know, you're hearing about communication, you're hearing about author, you're hearing about implants and endo, you know, how are you picking amongst all these different ones? You, you know what? I think I was very, I was very fortunate to have Tiv as kind of as my mentor. Uh, in that in that speed you know Tiv's done so many communication courses and he runs you know communication courses for us now with uh, GDR and you know he taught me a lot of kind of the fundamentals of just understanding patient psychology understanding how to communicate better you know 50% of what we do is communication Uh, so being able to make sure that patient experience is not just a feeling you know we spend so much art and science on you know, make sure restorative protocols and odontic protocols are all, you know, perfect. But, you know, communication is not different and you have to create your own. So for me, I was fortunate. I I think I had a, 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 a you know, one of those raffles that you think you'll never win. Um, I think BOQ specialist, you know, kudos to them for sponsoring. I think we're giving away a prime speak uh, course. So I, I did a, that was kind of one of the first courses that I think I did. I learned a lot in the practice um, you know, I remember coming out of Alfred and my crown preps were shit. I, I was on for Sarko models, you know, re-prepping and redesigning and trying to figure out, you know, again, just re- relearning and practicing. And, you know, I think there's, it's important not to have pride get in the way of things and just make sure that you're doing things well, you know, before you're doing them with patients. Uh, so that was that aspect of things. And then you know, there's just been kind of opportunities that have come along with, uh, you know, different speakers kind of, you see a day or two days and there's a good talk. Um, there's others out there who are organizing um, kind of small events and you do an endo course and you do a pros and crown course uh, for implant restorative, I think with, I think it was Chris Hart at the time. Um, but was there a particular kind of like structure or process you're kind of, or was it kind of more like you opened up the book and you're looking through what was in the year and then you were deciding, okay, this is what I want to improve on. Yeah. I mean, that's literally, you know, I, you open, like I opened up the ADA book um, and I would try and circle one or two things. And then if things came up, you know, again, you just circle and you kind of think, and, and that's, you know, and, and that, that was the challenge because you, I'm not sure what your experience was, but you're thinking, okay, I want to become a better general dentist. And the question is, okay, how do I do that? You know, and you know, you're not, you're not like, I, I, you know, I just want to do implants or I just want to do ortho or whatever the, those fields are, you know, how do you do that? Well, I'll be honest, there, there, there wasn't really a good way of doing that. And, um, you know, that, that's what inspired us, um, you know, to create the residency, you know, that, that's literally the whole, the whole purpose of the course is, which is, you know, 12 month course has seven weekends, 14 days of hands-on covering pros and uh, communication, treatment planning, restorative, anterior, posterior implant, all the rest of it. And mentoring was to answer that simple question of, okay, what, what is something out there that will cover the bases that I want to cover? Um, and, you know, and also, you know, with, I think something to be conscious of and something I've struggled with is at uh, one point, you know, is, is too specialized. It's a very costly, you know, endeavor um, financially and time-wise. 
and it does give you kind of a lot of restrictions. You know, a lot of us pick dentistry because it offers us a freedom that other professions uh, may not have. And so we're kind of restricting that freedom. And, you know, maybe it's like three steps backwards for, for a five step forward type thing at some point. Um, so I was conscious and cognizant of that potential investment. So I also didn't want to take on and do courses that, you know, would cost, you know, twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 plus. Um, and, and to be honest, I probably wasn't ready for them either. Because some of those courses, you, you need to understand basic and foundational principles to really make the most of them. Not that you can't do them, but yeah, that, that's kind of where it comes from. Mm. So did, you know, how did you approach after, you know, uh, tell us how creating the GDR, you know, how's that shaped your approach to how you see graduates should approach their CPD learning? You know what, like GDR was the most, you know, you talk about courses. I, I I've lost track of how many, you know, you know, webinars or courses or workshops I, I've started to have to do just because, you know, and I, I'm sure for you, your, your sake, you know, so for someone who is interested and, in, you know, the, the, you have yourself with CPD Junkie and, you know, there's a lot of other really great providers who are offering free education. I think the first advice is lap that up <laughs> um, and, you know, learn everything that, comes from these kind of really digestible easy forms so that you can kind of make your own opinion on what's a good program and what's a program that fits you my advice to new graduates is a focus on getting a good job and have a practice that allows you to do the things that you want to do so if you are like a super gung-ho about surgery and you're going into a practice where there's no one that does surgery you know, you, you can say goodbye to your surgery dreams because unless you move, you, you, it's, it's very hard to develop that ability to bring something in because, you know, we all need mentors uh, and we all need that supervision and support and having that confidence that someone can, you know, help us develop that hand skill. That's just the reality of what we do. So that's number one. And if you're not sure of, you know, what you want or what practice, well, then just make sure that practice covers the fundamentals the foundations you know that they do enough of everything on a regular basis or or go part-time and you know do part-time because no no single practice could be perfect um everyone's going to have their you know one practice might be great with just high-end work another practice may develop your surgical skills because you're seeing a lot of extractions and the other thing is you know don't focus on the financial side of things just focus on developing the skill you know, we're in a fortunate industry where we all, you know, who work hard and, you know, will make a good living. So, yeah, focus on that practical side of things. And then, you know, after three, six months, once you've kind of settled into that groove of things, then really start to try and, I don't know, I probably, my recommendation is going to be to do foundational courses and really make sure your restorative skills are on point. Um, make sure that your, you know, quadrant dentistry and prosthodontic skills and, you know, these days with scanners and CAD CAM, you know, if your practice has that element of things, you know, learn that. Make sure your endodontics is really good. Like whether you like endo or not like endo, um, I feel like, you know, everyone loves endo at some point, then you do enough of it and then you don't like it. But, you know, I don't know what you're feeling. That's that, that's the feeling I had. Um, I thought I had, a, I had an amazing mentor at uni. I don't know if you remember uh, Ian Tranter. So 
don't think he's listening, but if you are, kudos. <laughs> um, he was he was just a legend and really gave me confidence to do a lot of more Lando. But you know, you start doing it, it's, it's really like you know, it's like any any area of dentistry. It's really hard when you start doing more and more, and you see kind of different levels of complexity. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of my take on it. Um, give yourself a few years, and then once you've got those few years, you know, obviously, if you're keen on specialising, you know make sure you create opportunities for yourself early on. I think that's really important because things take time to develop and process. You know, I started Perio this year. I, in fourth year, we had a two week holiday. I went and followed, so that was fourth year, two and 26, five years ago. I went and shadowed the Perio department for two weeks straight. I was here from eight to 7 p.m. for two weeks on our holidays. And, you know, it took five years for me to get to this place now, but, you know, that's sometimes that's just what it takes. So just understand that, you know, things will come and not to rush things and enjoy the process. Like life is, life is, you know, despite all these, you know, lockdowns, you know, we're in Melbourne, we know it, you're in Sydney, you guys are starting to realize how shit it is. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's making the most of it.